Welcome to fucking Deadwood. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we forded streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. God help those who stood in the way of business and progress and the USA. The USA. This is how the West was fucked. Cocksucker. Welcome to How the West Was Fucked, a weekly examination of the fucked up fuckery of the 19th century American West. We'll be talking mountain men, explorers, cowboys, gunslingers. The native tribes who had to suffer all these fucks. So this is how the West was fucked. Limber dick cocksucker. Okay, everybody's still alive. Nah, yes, barely. Right on. I got better. I got better. Yeah. All right, so we're back with part two of Deadwood uh, on, on um, how, Deadwood. The how the West was fucked. I probably uh, have to bail on part two before oh. you guys do your intro for part two. Oh. I got to be somewhere in 20 minutes. But. Well, we're doing the, I think this is the intro. Uh, this is it right here. So you can bail halfway through. I can bail halfway through the intro. You might have to restart your intro. That's fine. There's no going back. We're just going to start the episode right now, and then you can right. bail 20 minutes in. Or ten minutes in, whatever's got to be, and then we'll just make it sound like you got mauled by okay. a cougar. Okay, yeah, like, we'll what just, happened to him? I'll just, just put no, we'll, we'll literally make it sound like you got mauled by a fucking cougar. We'll wow. Okay. Like, and then the Wilhelm scream is like, "Oh shit, Andy had okay. to leave." Perfect. Roger that. All right. <laughs> All right. So, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. This is Deadwood Part Two. Mostly going to be concentrating on Elsewhere Engine, which those of you that are familiar with the popular. Uh, HBO show um, was kind of the main driving protagonist slash antagonist. Anti-hero. Anti-hero. Swear machine. And fucking kind of, not kind of, like super misogynistic, uh, kind of fucking brutal pimp murder kind of guy. So we're going to delve into him. A real American. We're just going to dive right into him. Al Swearigan. So not too much is officially known of Al uh, the best we can kind of do is uh, call it from papers and arrest records, yeah, which are, are a lot of. There might only be two known photos of him that might not even be 100% accurate, but we just kind of assume so. Well, a lot of that is not necessarily because, and, a lot, and also a lot of reason we don't necessarily know a lot about him other than court records and shit like that. Remember, Deadwood had a series of fucking fires. So even if there were photos of him, doesn't mean a lot of him survived the fires. And even if there was like correspondence between him and other people, a lot of that gets burnt up. That kind of thing, too. So it might, I mean, I was reading, you know, the, the book I was reading about, the author's like, ooh, he was trying to stay under the fucking radar, blah, blah, blah. Well, or, you know, just shit simply got lost or wasn't kept around, you know. Also, if you're trying to stay under the radar, you don't go get your ass arrested several fucking times. We didn't go get his ass arrested. They'd come and arrest him. For no, place for no reason, right? Oh, there was reason. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. So he was born 1845. And he had a twin brother, Lemuel Abraham, or L.A. as they called him, yeah. back in Iowa. And it was 
until about 60, uh, Whoa, his name was Lemuel? Lem, yeah, Lemuel. Yeah, Lemuel. That's the name of the, the, the dude that sang the, um, uh, Never Ending Story theme song. Really? Yeah. It was just one name, like Madonna, was but it, Lemuel. Was it maybe also like Lemmy Kilmeister's first name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Anyways, continue. Lemuel Kilmeister. I Esquire. think it's French for the mule. Lemuel. Lemuel. That was the worst car that they ever made. Like a lick car. Anyway, it's 1866. Uh, Al does show up in Virginia City again uh, for breach of peace. And he paid the uh, $5 fine. I don't know what breach of peace might be. Might be just some drunken yelling in the I, middle of the night or just a I thought it whole had, lot fight. Well, I thought it had to do actually with... Um, because wasn't he already married at that time? I think it had to do, do with kind of domestic violence. Oh yeah, where other people could. There's see there's it. a few of those coming up at least. Yeah, but I think that Jesus. was actually one of those from my research. So <laughs> like beating your wife was such a regular thing back then. How fucking bad did you well, have to do it to get really arrested bad. for it? Yeah, and he was pretty 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 bad about Jesus it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so uh, by the time 1876 rolls around, Al opens a bar in Custer City called. Called uh, Bar what is it called? 12. The Cricket. Which, was which oh. number was it? Oh, it actually had a name. Wow. And, and it was one of those I'm talking about that was pretty much log walls and a canvas roof. But uh, he did have 15 working girls there. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. he kind of got harassed by uh, the United States Marshal James Burdick by uh, saying, it's like, you're on Indian land. You're really not supposed to be here. So he kind of jetted out of town and made his way up to the North Hills to Deadwood. Welcome to fucking And uh, most of his sporting girls kind of left in the move, but he arrived in Deadwood and he met up with uh, some horrors that he knew previous. One, one of being, which was, uh, say it. Kitty Arnold and Jane, Jane Cannery, Cannery, Calamity Jane or Chlamydia Jane. Tell us, it's one thing they don't asshole. show a lot of in the, the show is uh, we'll get into a little more with Calamity Jane later on, but uh, she did a lot more prostitution work than was implied in the show. Yeah, even though she wasn't uh, too much to look at. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, but it's back to in those their days, own, you know. Yeah, so. Andy Portman Storm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so also they had an almost boy. Oh, yeah, I remember that, which, yeah. <laughs> which was a young boy dressed up as a lady. Course, it did with uh, you know padding certain places, and I'm, and I'm and thinking kind of haircut is, to match. I'm thinking ladies. this is not necessarily just like you know a trans person wanting to do that. I'm thinking there was probably a little bit of coercion, yeah. Well, happening. if you run out of ladies, you just have to improvise, I guess. So, yeah, Fuck. but the almost boy was just <laughs> as popular as the others and sold as many drinks as the other two, so people wow. didn't seem to mind that much. Well, maybe they were those were those were the days. Maybe they were more like uh, LGBTQ conscious. I doubt it. Yeah, they're probably pretty woke. Yeah. Woke as fuck out here <laughs> in Edwood. Well, uh Kitty Arnold was just as much of a hellraiser as Calamity Jane, but she cleaned up a little bit nicer at least. And Al's wife Nettie didn't really seem to mind enough. Well, she stuck around anyway through the beatings and possible attempts of Al to pimp her out. No. So Al was it kind of looked like uh, what he does in a show, but just a little bit fatter. Yeah. Always had that, you know, bartenders back and they had the uh, greasy ass hair oh, for yeah, the yeah. gold flakes to stick into. Yeah, that's the thing. Is okay when uh, put gold flakes in your hair. Well, okay, and so by the time you know Deadwood, there wasn't a lot of cash money going around. So you have a bunch of guys out in the creeks with their plastic cradles, like, you know, panning gold and shit. And a lot of what you're going to come up with is gold dust, gold flake. Right. 
And so everywhere where you buy goods and services, they're going to have a scale set up, right? So you're literally sitting there pinching out bits of gold and weighing the shit out. Well, some of that's going to stick to your fingers. So if you just casually run your fingers through your greasy fucking hair. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the day, you can go wash that shit out and you're collecting slowly a little oh, more yeah. money. Yeah. It's like it's like rounding the, the to the nearest dollar every time you use your debit card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and they then do, you put that in a savings account. And they do in the show talk about people doing it, but the, the, the people they accuse of doing that is the money. Miners, and they actually shoot a guy for doing that as he's running away naked. Through oh the woods. yeah, I thought they were just checking his bum for gold. Well, they were. That's what. But oh. that's why they were making him shower so they get all the flake oh, out of their yeah. hair. Because yeah, good times. Uh, ball players, you know, baseball players do that too. With the tar, with yeah, and uh, you know, like Gaylord Perry he had his old spitball thing going. On. Oh yeah, my favorite baseball player of all time. Okay. I don't know shit don't about know, baseball. I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know shit about baseball, except for, uh, what was the one guy? The uh, Rube Waddell. Oh, was that the oh, three-finger guy? Is, no, wait. No, no, Rube Waddell's like the turn-of-the-century uh, pitcher that used to like chase in the middle of games. He'd see a, a fire truck go by, and he would like run out the stadium and chase it because he wanted to be a firefighter so bad. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, you guys should look, that, need to you look that fucking that. guy up. He's insane. I, I told Bo in that your uh, softball to games to uh, dress up as Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Oh yeah, and then we looked her up, and that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a character. Mm-hmm. She would have fit in a dead one. And speaking of baseball, there was actually rudimentary like professional baseball happening at this time. In yeah, the um, Doubleday they credit as the inventor. He served in the Civil War, and basically Doubleday was just like as a um, hardware store owner. And they just kind of invented them just to sell more products. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying there was already some league play happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every every bar in Deadwood had its own team, like softball team. Probably. Um, in some case, I mean, I know a lot of army posts. They had actual baseball teams and stuff. So when you weren't out chasing the Sioux around, mm. and fucking or growing vegetables, you were you're just, playing baseball. Yeah, you're playing the Sioux and uh, take pick your up softball. take your beating club and hit a fucking <laughs> baseball. <Yeah. laughs> Hi, we want you to come to Bonanza. So here's what we're going to do. For the next two weeks, any day, you can have our big T-bone steak dinner at this great low price. That's complete with baked potato and Texas toast. And all the salads you can eat from our famous Bonanza salad bar. And seconds and coffee or tea are on us. So get our big T-bone steak dinner any day for the next two weeks at our great low price. Come to Bonanza. And uh, so the first gym was under construction land. They had a canvas tent outside. They had a boxing ring in there, speak of sports, which is about five feet. Five, five feet. Yeah. It was too small for a man to actually fall down, though. So if the, if the observers, the crowd, felt like they didn't get enough action. they just hold you up. And hold you up or push you back in. fucking wailing on you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the first fight was between Johnny Marr, a.k.a. the Belfast Chicken, and George Latimer, a.k.a. Cook the Kid. And, of course, they went 52 rounds. Don't and, cook and, the kid. Yeah. 52? Don't yeah. cook the baby. 52 rounds and ended in a draw. So Yep. Yeah. And wow. you know what happens when you end in a draw? You don't have to pay either the fighters the prize yep. money. Hey, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Wow. So uh, Al wanted the gym to be a fancier version of the Bella Union, which was being built directly across the street. Right. And Tom Miller was the owner, operator, slash blackface performer at the Bella Union. 
Yeah, there was a bunch of that going on, too. Um, <laughs> that was their form of comedy back in the day. Well, I want to ex- kind of extrapolate a little bit. Okay, so on the show Deadwood, um, the gem is kind of presented as being just kind of like, you know, no wallpaper, no curtains. It's just kind of like bare wood and prostitutes, and eventually they get a piano player, and you can get a shave in the corner is kind of how it's presented. Now, the actual gem had a lot more shit going on. They had, like, variety acts, and they had, like, fucking gymnasts and shit. And there was prostitution, but I don't think it was, it was, it doesn't seem like it was as overt as it's made to look like in the show. You know what I'm saying? It would be more like, oh, I discreetly go up to this private viewing room and get a quick hand job or, you know, that kind of shit thing. All that shit was always on the second floor of things and they had different, uh, you know, cover prices for both. Yeah. Knock three times for, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, uh, the Bell Union did host Jack Langrish's theater company. He's in the show, too. Yep, but he shows up super fucking late in the show. And uh, after uh, most people in the show and uh, in Deadwood uh, moved to Leadville after. Uh, Have either of you guys seen Andy? Well, he's dead. Yeah, so the Jim's first gunfight happened in April 1877. Uh, two friends were having a drinking competition, but when they ran out of gold dust and uh, decided, like, well, who's going to pay for this shit at about five in the morning? So they got in a wrestling match and uh, one shot the other, but was awful sorry when he sobered up. Basically, that's all you needed to do to avoid a conviction is just say that you're sorry. Well, and the other guy did wow. survive, too, I think, didn't he? Mm, on that one? I don't think on that one. I th- thought he... Or maybe he did. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's like, oh, I'll feel, I'll feel powerful bad about shooting Billy in the neck. You know, like, I was all just right, drunk. just don't do it again. Yeah, you, you well, I won't shoot him in the neck ever don't, again. Don't yeah. worry. You know, you, you don't s- have keep drinking, but just don't shoot anybody. Yeah. Right, you scamp. <laughs> keep your gun in your holster. You, yeah. Uh, Jim had some top backs coming through. This is my favorite. One was a cute little baby McDonald. Yeah. Oh yeah. She uh, clogged dance with her father on roller skates. And roller skates were just invented, so they were like the shit. Yeah, it was back in it was like a fucking goddamn hoverboard, or, or you know, yeah. the stupid fucking rolly wheel, whatever the fuck. Right, the hip, one, the big wheel, the thing. goddamn hipster yeah. mobile, fucking. Yeah, wheel. yeah. Wait, clogging in roller skates? Yeah, yep. And she would do it on a little pedestal, so she'd like, you know, wow. It had to be just a sight of majesty to behold, man. Like this little baby person. Fucking giving Clogging it to her, away. giving her the business. I, yeah. I will say clogging is pretty impressive when it's done right. There's a band that we, uh, my so my bluegrass band played with this other bluegrass band uh, at the Tractor Tavern here in Seattle, and like they, uh, it's it's a married couple, and then there's a few other people in the band, but the married couple busk all the time, and uh, uh, oh shit, Cheyenne is her name. She plays guitar, like a kind of small guitar, hula hoops. She rolls out a wooden mat, like a roll up, kind of like a sushi mat almost, but it clicks together like flooring. So it's a hardwood, and she clogs, ticka, 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 like tap dancing clog yeah. wow. while playing guitar and hula hooping at the same time while her husband fucking shreds the violin. Now she just got to like fucking fucking now she's gotta just blow fireballs on occasion. Oh, no shit. shit. Yeah, for real. Package. <laughs> yeah. So but, I can only imagine if somebody's doing that shit in roller skates, well, plus, man. They just is, wait for them to fucking roll, roll, slide right on their fucking back. Well, this is ostensibly also like a toddler. It's like five-year-old or something? Yeah. Well, she was billed at being seven years old. Seven? Yeah. A few uh, years later, though, uh, she gets married. Yeah, like, what, like three years later or something? Yeah. yeah. Turns out she was 15 at the time. She just had a growth, <laughs> growth uh, disorder. Oh, but, man. But, you know, 
they didn't yeah. really know about that as much. Or, so that child bride was kind of made her parents furious because that kind of ruined the act when it turns out she was actually of legal marrying age of 15. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they were kind of like these shitty like showbiz parents, you know, like, totally. oh, fucking dare Almost you. like pageant moms or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You ruined my life by trying to have one of your own. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the gem acts included, of course, the clogged answers, contortionists, Wire racks, which would be fun in a just a regular size bar. Yeah. Well, a two-story bar, anyways. Musicians, comedians, and a lot of them in blackface, like we said, and a lot of ethnic humor. I guess that was yeah. big at the time. Banjo players, opera singers, trick roller skaters, and uh, many uh, benefit shows were had there. But uh, I think everybody thought the benefit was actually going to Al directly. Yeah. And uh, well, there was also like at least at one point I remember reading about there was a guy that like would throw glass spheres up in the air and shoot them. You know, shoot them in, in the bar. Yeah. So that's, sure, sure, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, another good tale: a man named Trimpy who was staying in the back room of the gym had a drunken argument with one of the gym's whores. Uh, she was named Kitty. Trix Sparrow, or maybe Trixie. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody was named that back then. I don't, Trix, I, how do you think that nickname came about, possibly? Yeah. No <laughs> a lot of cereal? Yeah. You, you see know, a lot of cereal? Silly rabbits. Yeah. So, uh, fearing for her life, uh, she shot him in the face, and the bullet went through his cheek, near his nose, and stopped at the back of his skull. And, of course, Trimpy lived. For a while. Yeah. Of course. And he, he uh, forgave her for all the, uh, for shooting him in the face and uh, did not press charges. Everybody said the liquor was the culprit. Again, just yep. blame it on the liquor. And the two remained liquor, lifelong maybe. friends, however long that life lasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lifelong friends for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> By uh, 78, Al sold the gym and bought it and sold it quite a few times. Sometimes he'd come back listed as the owner, sometimes just the operator, sometimes both. Well, and this Always is- Always kind of shady shit. This is also when uh, we're kind of glossing over the fact that the state of, uh, well, the territory of South Dakota at the time, or maybe it was when it got statehood, uh, had kind of a prohibition thing going on where you could like- Yeah, that was you could, you could buy your own fucking liquor, but you couldn't drink it. Like a bar couldn't sell you liquor, but they could sell you like fucking mixer, and you could bring your own bottle in. Oh, it's like Utah, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah, but you got to give your bottle to the bartender, and they pour it for you with the mixer. Right, you buy but, the mixer from them. But people were just also like, you know, going into fucking Wyoming and just getting hammered, and or just bringing booze back and all sorts of stuff. But he got—I know Al got busted several times for you know liquor without a license or not paying like appropriate taxes, or you know there was just all kinds of like little legal shit that was nickel and diamond him kind of to death. But that was eighteen ninety with the uh, statehood yeah. thing. So this is uh, 1878, and uh, four months after uh, he kind of reopens, uh, his wife leaves him. Rumor was uh, he asked her to kind of be a whore, and she finally got fed up with that. But she was uh, kind of seen around town limping, and, quote, her face pounded into a jelly. So the uh, alley that you see on the show that's a little misogynistic, maybe even turn that up a little yeah, in real yeah. life. Wait, she was still alive, but her face was pounded to a jelly? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, when you read descriptions of, like, a lot of this stuff, like, that's a pretty common description of, you know, I'm going to assume that means just everything's a bruise, you know? Right. Lumpy and banged up. Yeah. Like my nuts. They also like to say caved his head in a lot. And mm-hmm. when I think of caved your head in, that's something you don't survive. But there's a lot of where yeah. they describe it as caved his head in. And then, and then the next day... For his trouble, he was fined $50 instead of $5, so it must have been pretty severe. Damn. Yeah. And he had a 500 bond to promise to keep out of trouble for a year, so you probably kept to that. At least didn't get caught. (laughs) 
Well, hello, partner. This is John Wade, <clears throat> Casey. As you know, the nights on the range can get awful lonely. And even though there is no substitute for a woman's touch, there is now a substitute for a woman's dewy rose petal. Try true get personal lubricant. Tough enough for a cowboy, but gentle enough for a sheep. Try true grit today. The town was deciding to build a fire well, or, you know, a well to put out fires right next to the gym when the uh, fire uh, burned again in uh, 79. Right. And they rebuilt it on the same lot. The Bella Union did not. So right. uh, Al won that little war. Well, and also when they rebuilt the gym the second time, they had the foresight because they did have, they did get kind of, you know, people were pissed because the town keeps fucking burning down. Hey, we need to lay in some pipe work and, you know, get things set up. You know, they didn't really have running water as we know it today, but there was ways to kind of get running water. And uh, the way they set up the gym is actually they had a couple spigots inside that you could like hook hoses onto. So in case it catches on fire again, you had like on-premises shit. But like the fire department would have to show up and they'd have like the wrenches to turn it on. Kind of like they do today with the hydrant. Right. And of course, they're the ones with the hoses and the nozzles and shit. But you'd at least have something set up to where if your building is burning down, if the fire brigade gets there, they if, have a chance of putting If they shit. remember the right keys. How do you yeah. get water pressure back then? Do they have like a big steam engine that just like is pumping all the time? Or, in some or cases, gravity it's, fed? Or you can, you know, that's why you see like water tower type shit if you got oh, it like high right. like that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you weren't going to have a super awesome pressure like mm-hmm. you do now, or, you yeah. know, or anything. But, you know, I mean, they've had kind of approximated running water since like the fucking Roman Empire. So right. people forget about that sometimes, but, you know. So in November of 79, the gym reopens, and to get people back in, they come in with a new dance. What do you think that would be? From Paris. A new dance? Yes. A, a called the, the Jitterbug. Nope. Called oh, wait. A, the, uh, oh, man, I know this one. Uh, it's called the Fax Machine, and it goes like this. What? What was it? Oh. The Can-Can. Well, the Can-Can. Oh, Can-Can. Which actually traditionally was- I've a, seen Moulin Rouge. I should only, have known only male dancing, which makes it weirder. Mm, yeah. Really? It, Apparently. Yeah. Well, it was scorned by the upstanding folk of the day for showing, showing too much undergarment. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. Scandalous mm-hmm. dance. And they uh, sent their dancers up to lead, but they were turned back because the uh, lead was not a rowdy town. It was, you know, people had actually had jobs there and so you families like, and stuff. You got like a wagon full of these can-can dancers, and they're kind of met by like a posse on the outskirts of town. Like, nah, you're not coming in and dancing. It's like Footloose. You know, like <laughs> Mr. Hurst says, don't come here showing your bloomers. It's yeah. Like, it's like the assholes picketing a, uh, a Marilyn Manson concert. Kind of, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good, yeah. <laughs> Wish I could have people picket my shows. I tried to picket my I own show say, one time you, and they wouldn't let me. So. You, you got to be getting close, you know. <laughs> uh, August 1880, he brings in Red Cloud to town. Of course, Red Cloud's pretty old at that time. He was kind of the attraction. He also had uh, Samuel Fields. Yeah. General Fields. Yes. Show them around town. We won't say right. general. African-American Fields. African-American Fields. Who is, uh, he's portrayed in the show with, uh, you know, the more of offensive name, but uh, he was an actual character in Deadwood and uh, was well known for being kind of outspoken advocate of the black community, which there wasn't a huge amount of down there, but he also told colorful tales and, and you know, he was just kind of like your eccentric 
There's also uh, Deadwood Dick, yep. which is my nickname in high school. Well, but that's uh, Nat Love, isn't it? Yeah. Who He was actual full-on fucking cowboy. He was a real-ass yeah. cowboy. We'll get to him in the last segment. Poker house. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, at that time, Al, his uh, shit was kind of getting reported on on the paper, so he didn't really, uh, you know, even though they were making money off his ads, he wasn't able to get away with half the shit. Yeah. Well, and he kept on, well, it's this is theorized, and he kind of, they kind of do that in the show, too. Back in those days, much like now it's getting to be today, you could just kind of pay off the press, and he was like, hey, run this article about me, but they didn't ever annotate that, oh, yeah, this came straight from the person we're writing Right, about. they just reported as actual news. Yeah, it's like a full-on propaganda piece written by the person that's under scrutiny. So Sewer money. Yep. This is another good tale. Uh, Al's estranged father uh, died in 86. We forgot to mention that his father left his mother for uh, his, her sister her sister, yeah. while they were all living under the same roof. Awkward. <laughs> sure that worked out okay? Yeah. So he wasn't a uh, orphan like he was portrayed in the show, but no. probably just as messed up. Well, and also like his, you know, Lemuel, like, because he talks about his brother, but he's always saying his brother had like epilepsy. There's no... Yeah, there's no proof of that. And uh, yeah, we did mention they're twins, right, too? Yeah. And that's what I kept on hoping, is that since Lemuel kind of lived more in society, I was hoping to find a fucking better picture of him and get a better approximation of what Al probably looked like instead of those two kind of nebulous pictures that we, but I wasn't mm-hmm. able to find that, so. Oh, darn. So the various children and grandchildren sue Al's second wife, claiming that she was hiding $4,000, but the uh, court settled on 2000 but after giving that 2000 away and settling all his father's debts, they were left with $23.50. Just split how many ways? 12. Yes. So everybody got $1.96. <laughs> Which was a lot of money back then. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, it can, might be worth $10 today. Yeah. yeah. In uh, 1888, L paid for electricity at the gym. It cost him uh, $479.67. He chose to pay 329 because that's what he thought the work was worth. So he was sued for the leftover $170, and this has kind of started snowball his big old string of money problems. Mm-hmm. And he remarried in 89 to Odelia Turgeon, <clears throat> like a Turgeon. Mm-hmm. And five months into the marriage, Al was fined $15 for beating on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, darn. Odelia did drop the charges, but in 1890, they get divorced, Al claiming adultery on her part mm-hmm. with Tom Miller, the old- uh, Guy that used to run the Bella Union. Yeah. Cocksucker. Uh, 1890 comes statehood and the prohibition that you were talking about. Well, I'm, I'm going back to that because it wasn't necessarily official prohibition too, but that's part of the reason they got chased out of Custer is that fucking Marshall was like, nah, we ain't selling no booze around here. You know, so there was always- Depending on what the lawmen, quote unquote lawmen, thought at the time. Yeah, whether they're corrupt they were, or felt like enforcing the actual they just want laws. To, or they just want to fine you because they can, yeah. so they make shit up. There was a lot of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, 1892, he starts to kind of lose his grip on things. He gets a broken nose in the argument. He sued the guy, and they hauled him into uh, court for uh, also thumping uh, Hattie Lewis on the head with a juggler's wooden club. Yeah. I like that story. Man, I thought people sued each other a lot over petty shit these days, but oh, god no. damn, this shit started in the 1800s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 94, there was another fire. Uh, at that time, the Adams brothers came collecting on their debts. They uh, repoed his buggy. And his sled. Yep. And his cow. <laughs> and a couple horses. Just imagine getting your horse and buggy repoed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he owed an exorbitant amount of money to these guys. 
much like he was illustrating before, like Al seemed to be like, well, I know I borrowed this much, or I know you said this service was going to cost this much, but I'm just going to give you this much, and you can fucking sue me for the rest. So he Donald Trumped him, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. That's why I'm trying to bring up that parallel. Is like people might notice this pattern as being similar to something you might see. In the yeah. Movie. You study history and know that everybody was an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 97, he closes the gym for good. He briefly shows back up in Deadwood in 1903, saying that he's part of the Glondike Gold Rush. Well, didn't they also, before it closed, going back to roller skating, didn't they turn it into oh, yeah. a fucking roller, skating, a roller rink skating rink for a while? Because it was the fucking craze. Like, after the baby thing, you know, it had a few years to really grab the imagination of Americans, man. It's like, look how fast I'm going. Well, it got really popular because you could do it indoors when a guy invented a roller skate you could actually turn on. Because before that, you kind of had to be out in the street and going kind of straight line. Right. But once they figured out that you could go in a circle... Fucking look out, man. Wow. wow. And that was back when they had, like, clay wheels, right? I I think they were just tin wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know they had clay Probably. ones at, at one point, and, like, anytime you hit any anything... It would just like, explode. It would just, like, you'd go flying on your face. The West was fucked. How the West was fucked. How the West was fucked. Millions of TV viewers every week will be exposed to Chevrolet commercials... Through such vehicles as the top-rated Western Bonanza on NBC. Well, let me tell you once more. When you were hired for the job, there was absolutely no mention of guns. Now I know Jackie has no intention. You talked it over. You talked it over. Jack, come on out here. There's something for you to settle. You know these fellas? Oh, hi, Dad. Hi, Jack. How are you, buddy? Good. Nice to see you. Same to you, sir. Well, Mike. Jack, how are you? Fine. What's all the hardware for? See? What'd I tell you? Going bird hunting. Yeah, we figured we'd give us a few falcons and T-birds. Yeah, we were going to go after those cardinals, too. We found out they were extinct. <laughs> well, thank you for the offer, but I think all the Chevrolet dealers around the country will be able to do the job again this year without violence. Chevrolet in 1911 to the newest marks a half century of Chevrolet quality. And Chevrolet celebrates its golden anniversary by saying, Thank you, America, for 50 years of confidence. Drop into your Chevrolet dealers as soon as you can and take one of these new 1962 Chevrolets out for a ride. And when you do, I think you'll agree with me that this is a bonanza of beauty and value. The first skateboards even had clay wheels. That too. sounds kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. I want to see roller derby. More danger, that. yeah. So after uh, showing up briefly in 1903, uh, he does move to Denver. He was developing mining interests, quote unquote, outside of town. November 4, uh, 15th, 1904, he is found dead between the railroad tracks there in yep. Denver. Well, when they say railroad tracks, uh, the, from you know what I can glean, it's not like fucking railroad track, railroad tracks. It's streetcar tracks. Yeah, like electric streetcar tracks. And so I love that when it's like, oh, he's developing mining interests. To me, it sounds like more like he had to go work in the mines and was commuting. Yeah. He actually had to get a real job for a change. So kind of a rags to riches, back to rags kind of. And the cause of death was blunt force trauma, my favorite cause of death. And the coroner ruled it a railroad accident, quote unquote. So 
Odds are he's probably murdered by somebody for some reason. Or pushed off. Because he owed that. money, yeah. yeah. Oh, he didn't pay the fare to get on the streetcar, and they just kicked his ass off of it. Probably. Yeah, that's the thing, is how do you narrow down the list of fucking suspects? Yeah, when everybody of... wants to fucking kill you. Like... <laughs> so the myth was that he died penniless. I don't know how close to penniless, but... Apparently, uh, according to uh, his brother... Like, kind of settle his affairs, because you know, his brother died, like, what, four four to six years later? Yeah. But apparently, he was not penniless, but, you know, he wasn't living opulently. But he like was, he was, yeah. yeah. Getting his horse and buggy repoed. Yeah. So, uh, also during Al's visit in 1904, his brother, L.A., or Lemuel, was shot in the face by an unknown uh, person. Probably thought he was Al. Yeah, I was going to mm. say, they probably were like, <laughs> there's a son of a bitch. And uh, L.A. survives until 1910. Good God. And uh, he was trying to break up two dogs fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he objected to one of the owners coming over and, and kicking, kicking one of the dog. dogs. Stop kicking that dog, asshole. Hey, they're ripping each other apart. What am I supposed to do? I don't give a fuck. Stop kicking that dog. <laughs> so L.A. pushes him. The owner pushes him back. Uh, L.A. falls over, and uh, the other guy, the owner of the dog, kicks him plenty of times, giving uh, L.A. a brain hemorrhage. He did remain semi-conscious for about a week and died. So that was both twins dead in six years. One good, one bad, both from some fucked up violence, probably. Yeah. So that's El Swearingen, I guess. Nice. Like we say, the thing the thing with uh, that separates the shit we know about fucking Al and the thing that, you know, like Bullock, Bullock is a lot more like documented by other people, you know, writing yeah, of and his exploits. He didn't have like a anger management yeah. problem. He well, was just, just a regular dude. Al, Al shit is mostly like shit from the newspapers, either shit talking or probably posted by him himself or like court documents from times right. he beat his wife, ripped off people. Did got closed down for liquor violations, got closed down for prostitution. Oh, that's the other thing we kind of gl- glossed right the fuck over, is how he would hi- hire the working girls. Oh, that was one of his more grievous things, is uh, telling girls in Chicago, we got this job here. Yeah, I'm running a sweet-ass hotel. You're going to come yeah, and serve come, food, and you know. Yeah, and then he leaves them there. It's like, well, you could either work for me because you have no money left, or you're stuck here in Deadwood. And- Man, when you start doing that to girls, like fucking... Uh- God, what's his name? Qui-Gon Jim's going to come after you. Isn't that what happened to his daughter? Uh, oh, like Taken? taken? Yeah, yeah kind of. Pretty much, man. But, but that's what he'd do. He's, he'd go to like, you know, sometimes even as far as Chicago and go to like these girls that already are working places and they're like, hey, I've got this great hotel and restaurant and, and yeah, and you, you know, it's a gold town. You're going to make gold. Like, check it out. And then they'd get on the wagon train and then about halfway there, it's like, well, you kind of owe us for transporting you out here. So how about some coin? And oh, you're going to need... These better clothes to work, so here I'll sell you all the shit you need. So basically, they'd start out in debt to him anyway, and then sex trafficking. And then no, that's <laughs> no. It's they, like they it's didn't like call it that back then. It's like working for Uber, and you <laughs> quite, buy the car quite through definitely Uber. What it is, yeah. yeah. Like I said on the show, you know, he's portrayed as kind of brutal and kind of an asshole, but you kind of want to root for him. In real life, I don't think he's just kind of r- no. He's root. a piece of shit. Yeah, looking out for himself only, but still an interesting guy. Uh, Definitely. Person mm-hmm. in the tapestry that was the 1800s or late 1800s, South yeah. Dakota gold rush. Sometimes, you know, the uh, the truth is stranger than fishing. Okay. Now a word from our sponsor. Do you have a statement to make, sir? A brief one. Proceed. I came here to tell you the truth. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The show's doing good, 
That's not bad. And you're ugly. Ah! Ah! I've got the meeting out of my hand. I'd like to thank the American people who have responded with their support through what has been an exciting first season. Think they bought that? Alf's second season begins September 21st. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. It smelled like mutual of fish in the bathroom. I think there's some capoeira crapping going on in there. What? Anyway, let's get back. Does capoeira give you the shits? Is that what you're implying? Yeah, it doesn't give you the shits. I've never tried it. Those assholes never have a drum fill. It's just the key fucking same time signature. Rhythmic shits. Mm -hmm. That's a good band name. Yeah, it is. We'll use that if we ever have blackout dates. We need the, to the rhythmic shits. Actually, yeah, poop attack and the yeah. rhythmic shits. <laughs> anyway, here are the other characters of Deadwood. Let's start off with Calamity Jane. Martha Jane Cannery. Yes. Uh, eighteen sixty-five. We find her in Virginia City, Montana. Uh, her mom passes away for. Unknown reasons. It wasn't she like ten or so? Uh, she was pretty young. Yeah, and uh, family and she had moves a bunch to of siblings. Yeah, family moves to Salt Lake, and then a year later, and then the father dies. So now she's the head of the household, and she moves her siblings to Fort Bridger, Wyoming. Works any jobs that she could, which might include prostitution. <laughs> prostitution. Damn it! And but uh, there's also some you know cooking and cleaning and yeah, light little toilet work. Yeah. 1870, she joins up with Custer at Fort Russell. Or so she says. Or so, yeah. That's uh, the other part of the story. Most of this is probably made up because she was a drunk for most of her life. That wasn't exaggerated in the show very much. Yeah. Uh, that's when she kind of starts dressing as a man, and she earns the Calamity moniker near Sheridan. I Andy, but yeah. yeah. He got ate by a cougar. And uh, she, the troops get ambushed by the Indians, so she rides back and saves the captain named Egan. According to Jane, they yeah. said, I name me Calamity Jane, heroine of the plains. Okay. The old heroin reference. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 76, she was supposed to join Crick's column to march north uh, to the Little Bighorn, but uh, stayed back at Fort Fetterman, uh, hospitalized with some sort of severe illness or hangover. Um, yeah, I think that's where the one where she claimed to like swim the like plat. And then ride 100 miles and then got sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All bullshit, probably. And uh, she did hook up with that wagon train going into Deadwith with uh, Hickok and Utter. And unlike how it uh, shows in the show, that's more than likely the first time she met Hickok is actually on the train going into town. Whereas in the show, it seems like they kind of established that they've been buddies for some time. Well, they probably became fast friends because they're both drunker than shit. Well, I understand that, but I'm just saying there wasn't a lot of huge amount of preamble just, you know, between Laramie and... Mm-hmm. And uh, Deadwood, so. And she always kind of claimed there was some sort of a romantic uh, thing, but probably not. Uh, well, and when Hickok you, was married and. She got married. Shut fuck. She was married at least twice, so. Yeah, she had a kid in, uh, uh-huh. in Texas in the 84-ish. Right. But either which way I was going to say before we go too far, uh, when we were talking about like that Mount Moriah uh, Cemetery in Deadwood where Hickok is buried with kind of an elaborate gravestone with like a little sculpture of his head, and then she wanted to be buried right next to him. And the wife was like, nah. Damn it! And plus she died many years later, 
And mm-hmm. like, so she is kind of next to him, but like lower and in a little smaller, like less marked thing. She was picturing like, let's be buried side by side, like holding hands, you know, cut a, dig a hole between the coffins oh. and hold hands kind of shit. <laughs> and that's not the way it went down. But at least she got, you know, she got buried in the same to town, same grave. No, within, same, yeah. same, uh, within graveyard. like five feet, you know. Yeah, all right. She was really only in Deadwood for a year at that time, but she did uh, tend to the smallpox victims. So mm-hmm. that was a part of the show that actually uh, was true. Uh, she did marry and have a daughter in actually 87 in Texas. They did move to Boulder in 93 and ran a hotel, quote unquote, boarding house. And, uh, well, who knows how else she would, uh, pick up some extra cash. Gosh, uh, she did get to tour with Buffalo Bill Show in 95. Which I've read disputed reports about that. But, uh, well, she did manage to get drunk and fired, uh, at the, uh, 1901 Pan American Exposition in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. She shot up the bar, made an Irish policeman dance a jig while she uh, shot at his feet. Oh, so it's like that straight up trope from like cartoon, every western yeah. and cartoon. Yeah, really. Somebody Sam. Why did they fire her? Just because she was a woman. Probably because she's a woman. I'm, I guarantee it. Well, it, yeah. You know, yeah. Sounds like she's a hoot to have in a bar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, the, if you don't mind all your bottles getting shot. Well, and on the show, uh, you know, she's portrayed as having a real antagonistic relationship with Elsewhere Engine for most of it. You know, and there's actually some pretty good evidence that she actually worked for him for a brief time, you know, mm-hmm. in reality. So. Uh, she did return to uh, Dead One in uh, 1903. Uh, that's when her raging alcoholism was finally catching up with her, and she died that August. And she requested to be buried by a wild bill, as you said, and holding hands. And uh, probably most of uh, anything that you would hear from her is probably exaggerated to a little point, like most of this shit. Yeah. But it made for a good uh, dime store fiction fodder so that's right. why people kept well, repeating it and a lot of the records okay the, a lot of the records that you're able to find are from her autobiography that she dictated to a guy mm-hmm. and not from any she, kind of newspaper not from any kind although there is a record of uh she was at least known enough by the time she got to deadwood that there was a little headline like calamity jane arrives in deadwood so she was already known for something, but it might have been just being known for being a raging fucking trunk that tells, like, some awesome tall tales. Or she might have done a bunch of this shit. I yeah, mean, she might have been uh, doing a little uh, wayside whoring up in, uh, in between, kind of up north, which along that trail, you're only going to have, like, a boarding house and one or two whores there. It's not Whore Avenue like Deadwood, yeah. where you have your pick of the, your litter of You're really fixated monsters. on the whoring. Well, why not? Okay. It's just fascinating. <laughs> it's my retirement plan. Anyway. Oh, You're going to be a whore? Well, got to find somebody to pay me first, I guess. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to Wild Bill. Yes. And, uh, of course, you know, this is all very short that we're doing. We're going to cover yeah. all this later and probably in depth. But, James Butler Hickok. Uh, one of the first person he meets out west was Buffalo Bill, which... All accounts, Buffalo Bill wasn't much of anybody, uh, anything but a promoter, mostly. Right. He wasn't much of a scout or... He did He did some. shoot a lot of Buffalo, though. Yeah, and he's just a Buffalo hunter. Well, the big thing with Buffalo Bill, because, okay, when I was a little kid, I'd get Buffalo Bill and Wild Bill mixed up all the fucking time. You know, it's like, because uh, you just kind of hear them referencing, like, cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Very different dudes, because, uh, um, you know, Wild Bill, he did some lawman shit, but he was mostly kind of a drunkard and a gambler kind of stuff and a gunfighter. Whereas Buffalo Bill kind of had his shit together and was a shameless self-promoter and, you know, made a pretty good career out of exploiting, like, memories of the good old days and stuff. But still. Mm -hmm. It's kind of bizarre that the good old days were fondly being remembered in 1890 just from 1870. Yeah. 
Just <laughs> hey, a lot of shit happened in those few years. You know? Yeah, and uh, oh, uh, the other cool thing about Wild Bill, he did uh, tell his story to the correspondent Henry M. Stanley of the Doctor Livingston. I presume that type of bullshit. Oh, that I didn't realize. Yeah, but he was fucking around with him and told him he uh, killed about a hundred people, which in reality probably killed like ten yeah. his whole lifetime. When yeah. you talk, your mouth looks like a cunt. He was a sheriff of Hayes County, Kansas in 67, and uh, after receiving a beating from a drunk from the 7th Cav, he kind of resigned and didn't do a lot. Well, actually, and then 71, he becomes Marshal Abilene. I think that's where he kind of makes his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was uh, palling around to John Wesley Harden a little bit at that time, and uh, of yeah. course, Harden was the uh, man who famously shot the other guy through, for, the, wall. Uh, through the wall for snoring in his sleep. Yeah, so John Wesley Harden, uh, arguably, pretty much... Worst stepdad ever. Well, I wouldn't exactly call him a serial killer, but you want to talk about kind of a bloodthirsty motherfucker. Yeah. That that would be him more so than uh, like a Wild Bill type of dude. And uh, kind of after that, Wild Bill uh, spends more time gambling, drinking, and whoring than attending to lawnman duties. And um, he did go to work for Buffalo Bill's show for a little bit, but he was a terrible actor, even pretending to be himself. Kind of steps up his drinking after that. Uh, then he does make his way uh, to Deadwood after getting married to a, kind of an older lady. It was kind of, kind of sounds like a groupie, actually. An older no. lady? So like 18, 19? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then he goes to Deadwood to get a grub steak, but just ends up getting drinking and gambling and uh, gets shot in the back of the head by Mr. Jack McCall. But you will run your cunt mouth at me. Jack McCall also, but you know, do you have your own separate section for him, or can we talk yeah. about him right now? Well, you can talk about him right now. Well, since he want. comes up, like, this is a motherfucker that was just seriously kind of a dumbass that was like, ooh, I killed somebody famous, now I'll be famous too. And they do a pretty fucking good job. That's one thing the series is pretty good about, is kind of uh, how all that shit played out. Yeah. yeah. He was also called uh, Crooked Nose Jack, and they did get it right because he did have uh, cross eyes and a double chin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an actual surviving picture of him. He doesn't, he's not as scrawny, yeah, as he's portrayed in the show, but he's. Yeah. So he claims that Wild Bill killed his brother in Abilene. Which he never had a fucking brother. Of course. And uh, he does get off because uh, the miners' court that's convened uh, kind of was full of his friends. So he took off to Wyoming, and after uh, the Sioux Reservation is gone from the Black Hills, the trial was bullshit because it wasn't, it wasn't on Ute and United States soil yeah, at the time. Yeah, it wasn't the state, so. Cool. You have your little fucking court shit. Yeah. You have your laws, yeah. and I have mine. Yep. And McCall at the time was just bragging to anybody in Wyoming about how he killed Wild Bill. A marshal kind of overhears him and said, "Hey, we're gonna go back to South Dakota, smartass." And uh, he was arrested and uh, tried in Yankton, and uh, he did hang for it. Yep. But the fall did not snap his neck, and he had uh, 15 minutes to die, kind of just sitting Fuck. there. <laughs> so you know, there's a little bit of karma. Little, little cowboy karma. And he is famous now. Well, that's the thing is, uh, okay, am I, uh, Infamous. am I correct in, if I remember correctly, he was shot at Nuttall's, Nuttall's. Saloon number 10, right? Yep. Nuttall and Man Saloon. Yep, Nuttall and Man, uh, yeah. And which, okay, if you go to modern Deadwood, there's like three places, either claiming to be the, the, the place where he was shot, or one is like, we, we have the fabulous death chair he was sitting in. Of course, if you, you know, pay us $12, you can come down in the basement and see it and all this shit. Never but, go to a second location. But there's like, uh, there's three of them. I think the one place is called Hickox. One place is just Slough number 10. And I can't remember the other one. But from any research I've done, the actual spot is where like an old Woolworths used to be. And I think is now, 
I think it's now where they built this giant fucking parking garage. So basically, that sounds legit. Like mm -hmm. nothing's ever as fucking cool as you think. I'm just saying, like, let the buyer beware. If you go to Deadwood and enjoy, you know, the gambling and the car shows and some of the history stuff that's left, just you know, buyer beware about like, ooh, this is legit. You know, place where Wild Bill was shot. Mm -hmm. Just stick to Chinese Person Alley. I think it's called. Or actually, it was the Badlands that they called. Yeah, the Badlands. Starring James Arness as Matt Dillon. Brought to you by L&M. L&M, the modern cigarette that gives you full, exciting flavor through the miracle tip. Well, that's our show for tonight, folks. Hope you liked it. Join us again next week in Dodge City. Meantime, light up, free up. Let your taste come alive. Live modern. Smoke L and M. Uh, let's move on to E. B. Farnham. Yep. Uh, first off, he was probably not a you know blubbering idiot. Yeah, kind in the of a show, toady. in the show, in the show, he is portrayed as quite a shitbird and kind of a weasley little dude. You know, he was actually one of the first non-miners in town. He had a retail store, not a hotel. He did the uh, Seattle my, uh, Seattle model and came to uh, mine the miners, as mm-hmm. they say. So he was actually a competent businessman and head of the school board that helped create the whole uh, school in town. Kind of first school, first mayor, judge, and justice of the peace. In '77, uh, he kind of realizes, uh, you know already starting to die off and i don't want to get died off so he moves back to chicago and not much is known after that boom boom trying to kind of clear that guy's good name because he pretty much he's a shitbird on the show and everybody like everybody hates farnham because he's easy to hate that character in reality you know not such a bad guy also another thing i like to point out is like a lot of in the show everybody's like seems to be single almost all these people were married while this shit is going on and had like some of them had kids running around in this fucking environment or some of them just left the families out east or whatever, but they just don't show a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's just something to when you're when you're painting the picture in your mind's eye, just picture all this shit going on, and then a couple kids like playing kickball in the middle of that shit. Yeah, and, and with just, someone's head. Yeah, and yeah. just picture the main street just being mud and poop, uh, poop. horse poop. poop, lots of poop. Uh, let's move on to Colorado, Charlie Utter. Yeah. So he was not a disheveled uh, looking little uh, shit. Yeah, Dayton Colley did an excellent job, like, you know, portraying a cool character, but you couldn't get any further from what Dayton Colley looks like or presents himself like than Colorado Charlie. Yeah, he was a dandy because he bathed every day. Yes. Dressed nice, and he made his mark actually trapping and guiding Colorado back in the 60s. Uh, 66, he married a 15-year-old, but he was 28, so it wasn't that creepy. Actually, it wasn't back then. Yeah, well... So he was in Colorado until uh, he met up with Wild Bill on that trip. Uh, along with him was his brother Steve, and they described it as a real Lollapaloozer. I always like that quote. Yep. So he ran the mail service. That was true in the show, too, to Cheyenne. He didn't move to uh, Leadville back in 1880. 
and then on to Socorro, uh, New Mexico, where he bought a saloon. And uh, after that, he probably moved to Panama, where he became a, a doctor. doctor. Unlicensed medicine. Yes. There was Dr. no Quinn. licensed medicine there. Well, licensed. You were, uh, how you about, were, you were like, a doctor, but you also cut hair. How That's about what everybody did. More like unfucking trained. Unlicensed. <laughs> trained, exactly. <laughs> I delivered a baby once. Well, that's what they talk about is like, you know, in his later years, oh, I'm going to try out medicine on some of these Indians and see how that goes. And That's why I call it a practice. But yeah, as, as Will mentioned, like, uh, you know, Charlie Utter, you know, like I say, is in the show is kind of an older dude and he's a little disheveled. They're talking about like, he ba- he bathed every day, which was super rare. Yeah. He always had like hairbrushes and stuff, kept his hair, his, his clothes was like fringed buckskin. He slept in a tent surrounded by fancy English blankets, and he wouldn't let anybody in his tent under under like penalty of death because he was a neat freak. He had like whisk brooms to clean. Oh my god! Could you imagine being OCD in that? And era? you're living Fuck. and you're living Fuck in sucker. poop, yeah, and dirt, <laughs> and yeah. Whoa, so dude. poop was everywhere back then. Yeah, poop was in the food, in the water, in your drink. Uh, in your body. Yeah, so the character of Tom Nuttall is actually based on uh, Billy Bill Nuttall. Because you know who Thomas Nuttall was? Ooh. He was one of the naturalists that was on the uh, Astoria Oh, Overland yeah, that's thing. right. A lot of Nuttalls. Uh, years and years before this. Yeah. Um, Nuttall. I wonder what his family used to do for a living. Mm-hmm. What did uh, John Hancock's family do? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. ZJ's. Yeah. So he did own the uh, saloon at the time, number 10, uh, when uh, Wild Bill was shot. And uh, later in 77, he partnered up with Tom Miller, the former owner of the Bella Union. Right. And 79, he goes to Leadville, opens up a second Bella Union there. And uh, not much Bella, else. Bella Reunion. Bella Reunion. And uh, yeah, not much is known after him after that, except for being in jail a few times. Uh, on to... Jack Langreesh. Yes, who actually, that's an interesting one, because he was, like, in the show, he comes in, what, third season? Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, he was pretty much there from almost the beginning. Yep. And, like, well, in the show, when they have the uh, Jack McCall's initial, you know, kind of kangaroo court bullshit trial, you know, it's shown as being held at the Swear Engine's gym. Well, it was actually held at Langreesh's theater. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. They use that for town for uh, basically anything, trials, funerals, etc. And the theater was the only entertainment respectable enough for, uh, you know, ladies to go into. So they maybe didn't Non-working have all ladies? the blackface and the... Oh, no, that was still okay. Oh, Just no oh, whoring oh. in there. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. Does uh, go to Leadville, then on to Idaho, where he was Justice of the Peace in Coeur d'Alene. And he managed in the Wardner News in uh, around the 1890s. And then he dies in Wardner in 1895. Of what? Being old, probably. Oh. Yeah, dude. He, he was, was like 36. He was killed by death. <laughs> oh, next is Count Stapleton. Yes. Ah, ah, ah. When the show is uh, kind of a big, Kind of a toady and... Yeah, and kind of a big roly-poly... Doofus. American guy. Yeah. He's actually an Irishman. Yeah. Been and in the States for like four years, five years. Who knows if he had the same love of motorboating that he does in the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they make a big deal over that. <laughs> he was elected sheriff on his own merit. Uh, yeah, well, like not said, sheriff, town marshal. Oh, marshal, See, sorry. Bullock was the sheriff. He was a marshal. That's oh, at the same time. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you ever hear, Tom? Chinese whore. That's an ancient way of milking you, your sorrow. Loneliness. And that awful feeling of being forsaken. Um, oh, and this is the fun little story we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. He gets into a little, uh, trying to disarm a crazy drunk. So the crazy drunk's pistol uh, 
goes off, misses Stapleton, and uh, hits David Lunt straight through the forehead. He kind of slumps over, and all, everybody thought he was dead, but he just calmly gets back up. So, <laughs> and he, then yeah. he has a hole in his forehead. And a bullet in his head. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, so uh, they let the guy go because he's not he, dead. Yeah. But he survived 67 days with a hole in his head. Yeah. Until, Jesus. Until he's like, oh, fuck, I have, I have a fucking headache. Yeah. Then, so basically his uh, piece of the skull is lodged in his brain and starts an abscess and the brain fills with fluid and that probably gives you a headache. So after Jesus. he dies, a new warrant was issued after the shooter and he was rearrested. All right, now we're going to arrest you, man. <laughs> so basically you shoot somebody, he lives over 60 days. Yeah, what's the statute of limitation? What if he What if he lived another 10 days? Well, so it was like 70-something well, once, once days? Once again, we're talking about Deadwood where you can sh- uh, fucking shoot somebody, but I'm Apologize. sorry, I was fucking drunk. I mean, what, yeah. what are you going to do? You that know? should be a good enough excuse for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I got a DUI. Well, I was drunk. Yeah. In all this research, there are so many fucking people getting shot in the head and like living for a while or like. It's not the Hollywood thing where you get shot and you just immediately immediately die. You're like, fuck. I mean, whenever I've shot something in the head, it usually immediately dies. Yeah. Guns weren't as high powered as they are now. I guess. (laughs) Actually, that's, nah. I mean, 45 long cold will fuck you right up. After that, he moves to Leadville in 79, and he dies eight months later of old age at 31. Okay. Yeah. Up next is Aunt Lou Marchbanks. Yes. Her father did save up enough to buy her freedom. Yeah. Uh, for $700. Of course, her, uh, her dad and uh Wait, save hap- up to buy her freedom. Was, was oh, she a slave? Okay, yeah. She was. Okay. He, well, he's never seen the show. So um, um, she's portrayed- I'm getting to that. She's portrayed on the show as being like George Hurst's cook slash, and I think she was- at that time, kind of a freed woman slave. But yes. Like, I think it, they just called it free, freed slave, but you still get fucking treated like- A slave. Unhuman. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But uh, her dad and his half-brother, his half-brother was the owner. Oh. So she worked in the gold camps of Colorado before going to the hills in 76. She worked as the kitchen manager at the Grand Central Hotel. So I guess there was a hotel, but that's probably the one EB would thought, you know, at least in the show, they kind of mixed that all up. Right. Soon, everybody was in love with her cooking. And uh, two later years later, she went to work in Lead, which would be the Hearst connection right there. Mm-hmm. Then she uh, carefully stowed away her money and opened her own boarding house slash restaurant. Soon it was overrun by customers, and she made enough cash to buy her own ranch between Sundance and Beulah, Wyoming, and died there. Shit, yeah. Go, girl. Yeah. So that's a kind of an actually kind of uplifting tale yeah. out of Deadwood. About fucking time. We'll be six episodes in. We finally get a awesome story. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's a lot more to shit coming up. <clears throat> okay, there also is Nat Love, a.k.a. Deadwood Dick. Yeah. Which he was only really in Deadwood for a long, very short time, but kind of had a long-lasting uh, career as a rodeo guy rodeo guy and also kind of a character in a kind of dime store novel and this too. is also this is another african-american cowboy like um we're gonna i think eventually we'll do like bass Rees and we're gonna try to do a bunch more of those but this uh let me see like yeah nat love is that uh who invented the bulldogging by biting him in the face or is that somebody else i think that was nat love let's go with that story it okay. sounds good so in 76 he was working at a ranch down in uh arizona and shipped uh the 3,000 cattle to deadwood and he gets to deadwood and there's a july 4th and they had a uh a cowboy contest and he goes ahead and uh wins the goddamn thing for 200 dollars. after that he's in a Forever uh, thought of as Dadwood Dick, not Dadwood. Yeah, Dadwood. Dadwood. No. I keep making that mistake too. The Hickok, the 
Raped City in the Dadwood. Sorry. So he worked in the Southwest for another 15 years or so, of course, and worked as a Pullman porter, which at that time, if you're African-American, that was like the job to have. And sadly, when you drink a porter beer, you could think of that. Oh, that's why it's called a porter. Yep. He did write his uh, biography in 1907, and most of it might have been uh, made up, but uh, it was a very popular book back in the day, and he did die in L.A. after a while. What? He's a movie star. Yeah. Well, he should have been. Well, he also, did, did you touch on him getting, like, captured by Indians? No. Because, uh, yeah, he got uh, captured by the Pima, and he claimed to have been shot 14 times in his whole career. So did 50 Cent. So. But he, either which way, uh, he, he he basically uh, got spared because uh, the Native Americans didn't quite know what to do with it, and some of them did have, you know, some black blood in them, too. So they are like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll, let you, we'll let you slide, which is pretty cool of them. Yeah. And then they nursed him back to health. And Buffalo then, uh, soldiers. Yeah. But then he stole the pony from them. So on to uh, Samuel Fields, a.k.a. <clears throat> General. The N-word General. Yeah. Nice. So he was born a free man, which is cool, and he joined the Union Army at age 15 in 1864. So holy cow there. Mm-hmm. And uh, served as a pirate, uh, private in the 114th Infantry Regiment Company F. After the war, he returned to Louisiana, worked as a farm laborer, and then he uh, followed the uh, rush to... See, I wrote Deadwood again. Deadwood in 76. He was kind of a flamboyant man, claimed to have been a general in the war, obviously. People uh, yeah. started calling him the, the general. Or And that was definitely a rank that uh, the United States did not have for people of African heritage mm-hmm. at the time. That was not a thing that was allowed. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he wasn't bothered by these names. Kind of embraced it, went with it. Well, and it was Didn't have much of a choice anyway. Fairly common <laughs> back in that time too. Yeah. And he became an active participant in Deadwood's African American community, which wasn't large at the time, but probably larger than it is now. Mm-hmm. He uh, kind of organized meetings. He was an eloquent speaker, not you know like me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I got to do that at least once a show. Once Just every show. Kick, kick the mic almost into my teeth. Mm-hmm. He was also known as the Shakespearean. Well, yeah. Shakespeare, we'll leave it. Shakespearean. Something. Something oh. that we won't get into. Okay. So uh, he was kind of in, very entertaining. The paper always kind of reported on stories of him because he was entertaining. Uh, like Shakespearean darky hit by snowballs. Can we say that? 
We can bleep that. Well, you can say quote. Quote. Headline read. (laughs) Yikes. And, uh, but, you know, even if the people like you, you are still arrested for being an accomplice in a murder, for having passed a note in between the two lovers. Fucking profiling. Yeah. So he was jailed in four weeks, uh, for a few weeks, mostly to kind of keep people from murdering him, too. So he was cleared of that, but uh, he was arrested later for stealing from a shop, getting hassled by a man again, and arrested for murder on pure speculation and rumor. And uh, he was cleared of that, but had the kind of a stink of criminality attached to him for no good reason. Tried to run for justice of uh, just as a piece of Deadwood, but uh, while he was making his uh, speech, he was pelted by e- with eggs. Oh. Yeah, so that's nice. That's- But he did uh, briefly get to fill the empty position of city coroner for a brief time. I mean, that's something. Consolation prize of sorts. Yeah. And he uh, worked mostly as a porter and a waiter in various Deadwood hotels. In 1890, he was a bellhop in Rapid City. And after that, he kind of disappears from the record. Okay. Okay. Hey, I want to uh, correct myself. I was thinking about Nat Love um, when I was bringing up the bulldogging thing. It was not him, it was Bill Pickett, who is another African-American oh, yes. cowboy. Well, we'll probably talk about at some point, but he has nothing to do with Deadwood, so we won't talk about him today. Also, uh, Wyatt Earp does uh, show up in 76 to uh, do some prospecting. Well, but, and with Morgan, yep. wasn't it? Yeah, uh, He does find the town uh, pretty much crowded and all the claims taken. Yeah. So he uh, does get himself a wagon and haul some wood into camp and sell them at inflated prices, but he leaves the following spring, and he was even too tired after hauling wood to do a lot of gambling, so it must have been hard oh, work. You know. That'll be the end of the real people. You want to get into the bullshit factors? Okay. All right. So the long list of bullshit. Alma Garrett and her hairy armpits. Yeah. Not true. Right. But the thing is, what they explain in the way is there were society ladies in Deadwood, and she kind of represents uh, those. Women that weren't whores. Yes. Or, you know, came of, you know, where there's gold, rich people show up eventually mm-hmm. so so that includes her husband brahm who uh kind of takes a fall off a cliff for, yeah uh, wrecking order in the rim mm-hmm. and uh ellsworth is made up too well ellsworth you know once again to represent yeah. the typical gold panner guy except for he has his shit together a lot better than i think a lot of people tended to mm-hmm. uh joni stubbs is made up and uh meant to represent the typical madam of which there were several what's mm-hmm. the one that had the mustache madam mustache oh yeah madam mustache like yeah, that was her name. There's literally like <laughs> one of the the prostitute madams was famous because she she had a fucking she was like a real one. Or was yeah. she, oh, okay, yeah. look up Madam Mustache while you're at it. Yeah, uh, Doc Cochran is made up, but uh, there's plenty of doctors in the camp at right. the time. Uh, Silas Adams is made up, even though Adams is kind of a common name. common name in uh, that area. I think Adams County is mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, George Walcott, the uh, man from Hearst, was made up. Hearst did have people go work for him at the at the time. Go find out shit. Uh, William Bullock, that would be uh, the little kid that gets run over by the bike. Who is ostensibly Seth's stepson, but, uh, except for he didn't fucking exist. Seth Bullock and his wife were married when she was 15. Yeah, They already had a daughter by the time he was in Deadwood. Yeah. I'm looking at real pictures of Madam Mustache, and one of them, she's got a real, real, like, Tom Selleck kind of mm-hmm. endeavor, and then the the other one's, like, the pencil mustache, kind of like they used to do in the in the 30s, like you know? Gomez, like, like the Gomez, yeah, Gomez Adams. Adams. Joe totally. Jackson. But just then, like, a bonnet, a bunch of fucking flowers sticking out of her hair. Madam Fuck, Mustache. Yeah. That's awesome. Madam Mustache. My thing is, uh, when I was looking that up, the first thing that comes up is just a picture, a bunch of pictures of some club apparently in brussels so there must be a music. called madam mustache uh, madam mustache mu- music in brussels i don't know if that's <laughs> a, yeah it looks like a fucking come for our mustache whores and stay for the waffles so when in brussels i guess check this place out madam mustache free free plug <laughs> 
You're welcome. We'll be expecting the check in the mail. Can we get them as a sponsor? Yeah. We should get those, uh, the whores that are in, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the world's oldest whores from, uh, what? Never mind. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah. World's oldest, like oldest living or old, what? Yeah. Uh, the place where, uh, Anne Rice, uh, the Anne Haish, the girl in the, uh, (laughs) I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, maybe I think it needs some more coffee. I think, okay. I think you're having a fucking stroke. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, cut that out. Yeah. Who's the next person on the list? Oh, okay. So uh, the uh, little kid, actually, uh, Seth's sister died, and um, the widowed husband left the little kid for them to take care of while he left on a polar seas expedition and did not return. Now, as you so, often did when you went to explore the polar seas in those mm-hmm. days, or any of the seas, really. But polar really up the level of you not coming back. Yeah, because they, they hadn't invented Gore-Tex yet, right? And Gore-Tex. They also, yeah. like, you eat a lot of canned food that was, like, the cans were sealed with little lead, so you'd fucking slowly go crazy. Yeah, there is a uh, fruitcake that's preserved from one of those uh, Antarctic expeditions. Mm, that's still, still down there waiting to be... They just they just it, dunk it in a tank, in, like, a bucket of uh, mercury so the air can't get to it? Probably. It makes yeah. it last forever. Well, it will oh. last forever anyway. And the mercury, it's fruitcake. And the mercury clear, clears up all your syphilis, too. Yeah. While you're at it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably gives you massive diarrhea, too. True, true superfood. It is. Right there. Can't yeah. have fruit syphilis cake. when you're dead. Fruitcake superfood. Uh, right. Trixie might have been real, but, uh, you know, that gunshot story we're talking about, that where the guy forgave her for being uh, shooting yeah. him in the head. Well, and there definitely was a different Trixie that was more of like, uh, I think she wasn't so much a prostitute as a, I think she was more like a madam. The one that uh, like her boyfriend shot her and himself or something, but she was kind of like almost like a Calamity Jane, only better dresser. Oh. I don't know. There's I, a lot of Trixies back there because yeah. there's a lot of tricks going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Side Tolliver is uh, made up too. Yep. Tom Miller was the real owner of the gym. Yep. And who George, once, who once again uh, reiterate, uh, was banging Al's second wife when he filed oh, yeah. for divorce on grounds of adultery. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Hurst, uh, we all know about him. He was probably not much of a bastard and probably didn't spend a whole well, lot of time right in Deadwood. He was kind of, I'm sure he was kind of a bastard in the way that in business dealings. Yeah, but it's not like he was. Yeah, there's no, there's no evidence to make him seem like as. Big of a supervillain as he's yeah. made out to be in the show. Uh, they did have the Welsh doing a lot of the mining, and they would kill each other, and you can always yeah. speculate that Hurst had something to do with it. But, yeah. yeah. And then he goes on to have a castle and all that bullshit, well, Patty Hurst. And, and uh, you know, serving, what, the, it wasn't California legislature? Yeah. And then, well, that Hurst? Well, mm-hmm. it's the grandpa of, of... Of Patty? That's, okay, so it's what... Uh, so yeah, George Hurst, then William Randolph, or is there another Hurst in between there? Because we got the publishing is William Randolph Hurst. Yeah, that was his son. He was kind of he bought the papers just for like a tax write off, and didn't really care much for actual newspapers. Then he figured or actually, out you I could... think he might have just bought the papers just to get good word out about. I was gonna say, then he figured out you could use them as a as you know yeah. propaganda propaganda tools. tools yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we we should stop speculating too much about the hearse because we probably that's a whole thing you can research. We, yeah, we should not be, be for another day. Not be pulling mm-hmm. shit out of our ass and just speculating because then we have to go do retractions. Or... He just he just Comstock load. I'm yeah. gonna blow my Comstock load right now. Okay. All right. What else you got? Nothing. Out fucking fantastic. Standing. All right. What are we gonna talk about next? We don't know. Oh, um, perfect. Possibly. Uh, what the fuck am I reading now? Um, 
Might do more Mountain Man shit because we still haven't done Jed Smith or Coulter. But they're they kind of both almost, they're not generic, but they're so similar. It's just they went different places. I mean, there's always like, that's the thing with the Mountain Man. You're going to count on a bear attack. You're going to count on some troubles with the indigenous personnel. I don't know. We'll cover them eventually. Cool. Well, should we just go out with a hail of gunfire? Let's yeah. go out with a hail of gunfire. Centuries of fucking inbreeding attune him to the necessities of the times. Fucking pagan. Tell your gods they're ready for blood. If you're a pansy ass, we got social media at HTWWF Podcast across all platforms, you motherfuckers. But we are also Luddite Cowboys, so send your hate mail to Box 4001, South Kobe, Washington, 98384. Fuck you very much. Cock